This is Kathy Rhodes Sargentio, and you are listening to Diary of a Madman. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Diary of the Madman, the ultimate Ozzy Osbourne podcast where we geek the fuck out about all things Ozzy and all things Ozzy related. I am Josh Crema. He is Mr. Dan Drago. How's it going, Dan? What is up, Josh? It has been way too fucking long. Way too long. And Dan, do you want to go ahead and just let the listeners know right off the bat why we have not been at their baking call the last few weeks? So Josh and I had decided a couple of months ago that for the next three months, let's just say whenever patient number nine came out, we were going to solely focus on the new record. Like we didn't really want to talk about deep dives or best of lists because we want to concentrate on patient number nine, the album. I mean, we got lucky enough to go hear it and and we met Ozzy and did all that, but who would have guessed it's been seven weeks since the last single, which is mind blowing to us. So that's why we haven't had a show because we've been waiting for the new single, which is today. Finally, nothing feels right dropped surprisingly on a Monday morning without any lead in. Uh, we heard some rumor over the weekend that nothing feels right would be the next single, which was also kind of surprising. We really didn't think that would be the single, but yeah, we've been literally week after week waiting for the new single to drop, thinking it's got to be this week. And sure enough, week after week, we kept getting let down like you guys did also, you know, waiting for uh, the new singles yourself. So, but here we are. Nothing feels right. It released today, September the 5th. And we'd like to give a shout out to our listener, Justin, on Instagram, who messaged us and let us know that it was on Apple and uh, readily available at the time because he was definitely quick to the trigger on that one. So again, there's a three hour difference between Josh and I. And thank you, Justin. We do really appreciate it. The funny thing is, is I didn't have my phone with me. I had left it in the kitchen because I was in our studio doing some mixing on some music. And I was like, oh, let me go get a drink of water. I looked down at my phone and there's like a thousand messages like, where the fuck are you, Dan? <laughs> I felt like an idiot. I was like, God damn it. I don't have my phone with me for one time. And Ozzy drops a new goddamn single. So I'm scrambling to try to get it because it was not on Spotify yet. It was before the YouTube release. So I just bought it on iTunes for buck 29 and was able to hear it. And we'll get into the song. And then finally it dropped everywhere. But of course, my luck Monday morning in the studio mixing Ozzy drops a new song without warning. Let's talk about that a little bit, Josh. What do you think and why and what is the reasoning that Ozzy just dropped a single without any warning? It's a strange situation. We did see some things online over the weekend that said Nothing Feels Right was going to be released this week. Uh, not the single we expected. We thought for sure it'd be one of those days, right? They've even mentioned one of those days having a music video, so surely that's coming. But um, I don't understand, Dan. I've been trying to wrap my head around it. Even once it dropped on Apple, there still was nothing on Ozzy's like, social media accounts for like an hour. Like it literally was like it was a mistake or something. I don't know. It, it was a strange situation. What when YouTube about an hour later, Spotify about 45 minutes later, and we had already put it out in our social media accounts that it was available everywhere. And everyone that doesn't have Apple was messaging or commenting going like, what the fuck? <laughs> we don't have it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It Poor was Josh strange. was trying to record it for Ryan and I before we could buy it because he was the only one who had access to it. And so it was a whole clusterfuck this morning. But it, man, I wouldn't change it for the world. Let me give you listeners a tip. If you are playing music from Apple through your Apple uh, music section thing, whatever, when you screen record, it doesn't work. It cuts the screen record off. <laughs> <laughs> 
because I tried and that didn't work. It almost felt like a fuck up, right? Like was it not released? Yeah, I don't understand it. Did Apple drop it early and then and then Sony is like, fuck it, damn it, let's just open it up everywhere. Like what happened there? That was so strange. And why no teasers? I mean, both of the first two singles, every single off of Ordinary Man, they've done a great job of teasing the single, saying, hey, this Friday, 8 o'clock, the new single drops. There's none of that. And trust us, we've been looking every minute of every day. I cannot tell you guys how much Josh and I Google anything on Ozzy. It's absolutely constant. And we have seen nothing except the little spatter that Josh is talking about, especially really, I heard it from a listener that he heard it, that nothing feels right was going to drop. So I don't know why Ozzy has been so silent on this. It's it's kind of uh, very strange and disappointing, to be honest, because this is the week that it should be off the charts with promotion. Weird situation for sure, the way it just fell in our laps. We're glad it did. And I know so far, all the press that I've read, the feedback from the listeners or that everyone's really enjoying it. You know, it's a good track, but it's just a weird lead into it. Just no build up whatsoever, which I'm all for the drop on the track, but it just seemed weird how it was disjointed with timing. Apple releases it, then Spotify 45 minutes later, YouTube. I mean, it, it was weird. It's almost like our podcast. <laughs> it just goes up whenever. Like, yeah, like exactly. Last second. It's almost like it went straight up to Apple by mistake or something. And then they just went ahead and opened it for fucking air. It was strange. I'm thinking the video for one of those days maybe has been delayed and i think that was maybe supposed to come out and then ozzy or sharon basically said we need something released and they they just did like a quick right turn and said oh let's release nothing feels right yeah that could be that could very well because one of those days definitely seemed to be the all the you know last week it was all the talk was eric clapton didn't like the lyrics and this and that and we're like okay this is playing right up to the one of those days ozzy mentioned there was a music video for it so maybe, maybe the video got delayed for whatever reason, and they knew we got to release something week of release. I mean, damn. So maybe, Dan, maybe that's why this has been disjointed and herky-jerky, and they stuck with another visualizer. That's, you know, like we were talking about earlier in our group chat, this doesn't do much for anybody, really. Yeah. They're kind of pointless. But yet, it's something, and I, I, maybe this is plan B. Could be. Yeah, those visualizers make no sense. At least drop a lyric video. I mean, I don't understand what a visualizer is, <laughs> to be honest. So it's kind of mind-blowing to me. At least have the lyrics over the visualizer, because that makes sense to me. So before we get into the track, Dan, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the news we've had in the past week or two? There's been a lot going on in the world of Ozzy as we lead into the album release. It is a lot of news, which is good, but none of it is really about the album. So let's start on a positive note, and I'm sure you guys have heard, but this Thursday is the opening of NFL, the Bill play the Rams and it's going to be a great game on NBC Thursday night football and Ozzy is playing the halftime show and he says he's going to do a medley of crazy train with the song patient number nine and listen folks let's just be real I am 99% sure that Ozzy's going to have a backing track vocally again it's a stadium show that's what they do in these large shows but I believe he'll have a live mic that he'll be singing along with and I am super excited to hear patient number nine live we don't know who the band is going to be I'm hoping Zach comes out and makes an appearance but how exciting is it that Ozzy is again returning to the stage at such a high high profile show opening night of football <laughs> For those of you who don't live in the States and don't realize NFL football in the America is just fucking huge, man. It's just fucking Dan is wearing a New York Giants hat as I look at him right now. It's just a huge fucking deal. And opening night, hey, your Thursday night games always draw a huge audience because it's the only game on. But for opening night, that is a huge fucking audience. This is a big deal. This is a big 
fucking deal for Ozzy to be doing this. I mean, it's not the Super Bowl halftime show, but it's a big fucking deal. And like Dan said, for halftime shows, they are almost always pre-recorded vocally. He'll have a live mic. I think they just turn him way the fuck down <laughs> to be just real blunt about it and then turn him up in between tracks or, you know, whatever. But now it's a huge deal, man. I'm totally pumped about it. And the fact that he's doing patient number nine in any form is amazing because I thought it'd be like paranoid, crazy train. So the fact that he said he is interweaving patient number nine is fucking excellent. I actually expect Andrew Watt on guitar. What do you think? Yeah, he's definitely going to be there. And I have to make a quick adjustment. It is on Amazon, not NBC. I forgot they made a switch this year. So it's on Amazon. What? Prime. Yeah. Thursday Night Football, the rights got bought by Amazon. It's not on NBC and Peacock? I don't believe so. Oh, shit. Well, Look at, I mean, I'm looking right now. Check your local cable listings. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon will be the exclusive home of Thursday Night Football from 2022 through 2033. Yep, oh, they bought they shit. bought an exclusive contract. So it's going to be on Amazon, everybody. Well, I'm bummed. I don't have Amazon. Damn it. Well, I'll make sure you get it. Um, I have Peacock. <laughs> so anyway, I think you're right. They're going to have a track. Ozzy will be on. It just depends. I mean, vocally, he sounds on fire on this record. I personally think... Vocally, he's been really good lately, only because he's rested his voice for the last so many years. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think Ozzy still has those pipes, but when he oversings live, he just loses his voice fairly quickly on the live circuit, which is what, 15, 20 years ago, he went to that every other night live sequencing because he couldn't do it night after night because his voice would get blown out. So I think he's going to sound just fine. I just hope he remembers the lyrics. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And just hope there's no little flub up there because it's live, man. This is the real deal. So. My only concern, dude, since it's on the halftime, I just hope the whole performance is actually aired. And I think they will, but that would be my only concern, but I'm pretty sure it will be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. I hope so also. Or they're not like have the broadcaster speaking over him or some shit like that. You know, that would be that would be bad. It'd be disappointing. It would be disappointing. What'll probably happen is we'll see Crazy Train and they'll go to patient number nine and they'll fucking <laughs> fade away. I'd be so pissed <laughs> off, dude. I don't exactly. Need to see Crazy Train. Uh, exactly. So bad. I would imagine you'll open with patient number nine and then go into Crazy Train, right? Because that's kind of the you know, yeah, the coup de gras. So at least in the medley, who the fuck knows? They could be throwing paranoid in or whatever. It's we amazing. do know Geezer has home season tickets to the uh, Los Angeles Rams. So it's at the Rams Stadium in LA. So maybe Geezer will be there. That would be never know. that would be so exciting, especially since they haven't been talking. And Tom Morello apparently is a season ticket holder. Tom Morello could be on guitar. Who fucking knows? That'd be great. Absolutely. You know, who knows? Who knows what to expect? So, but that's totally exciting, man. That's fun news and a great way to really promote the new album because there's going to be a lot of males, a lot of dudes watching Thursday Night Football, and they're going to see Ozzy and he has a new album coming out. So let's hope it fucking goes over smooth and, and helps push the record. So uh, in other news, we also have Ozzy making waves about his move to England. You know, if you've been listening to this show, you know, we've been talking about him moving back to England for the past eight months. It's nothing new. It's, he's been talking about it forever. But in a certain interview, he made a few extra comments that, you know, the United States was kind of fucked right now and all the gun violence and everything else. And like everything else in the world right now, the national media has twisted words and made it look like Ozzy's anti-American. We all know better. He loves it here. He's been here for 40 plus years. But at the end of the day, he is British and wanting to go home to roost. Huh, there's nothing wrong with that. So, uh, Dan, what was your thoughts on all the headlines about Ozzy last week? Anti-gun violence and pissed off at America headlines. Yeah, it kind of frustrated the balls off me because both the left and the right totally manipulated what he said into their own narrative. And that always is just classic media fuck up. And here's just the truth. Ozzy is a British citizen. So when I see headlines saying... 
add Ozzy to the list of other celebrities that are trying to claim they're going to leave the country. It's like, douchebag, he's not even an American citizen, and he's not claiming to leave the country. He is moving back to his house in England. And I do think it's a combination of a couple of things. One, we all know the issues Sharon had last year. She is now on a new show with Piers Morgan in England. They had to move back to England for Sharon. Number two, I think the real highlight of the article that nobody's talking about, Ozzy also said he does not want to die in America. He wants to die in England, which just makes sense to me, which is where his parents passed away. He probably wants to be in a cemetery with where his parents and family are. And that's really the story here, much more than the gun violence. And I don't know how a man can say, I feel there's too much gun violence in this country can get in trouble. Again, it's a peaceful comment and people are attacking him because he said there's too much gun violence. What the fuck is that about? And for a singer to bring up that people were getting shot at concerts. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's fucking, you know, he's, you know, it's nothing that isn't true. And, you know, Sharon made the comment that, you know, when we first moved here 40 years ago to the United States, it's different. It's not as united and it's not. And that's okay to say that it it doesn't make you anti anything to say that, to say, you know, we're kind of fucked right now. Much ado about nothing. It's not a story. They made it a story. You know, the old saying is any publicity is good publicity. Let's hope it pays out somehow positively, you know, with these album sales on the record or whatever. But, you know, Ozzy's just running his mouth a little bit. You know, he started just kind of going down the rabbit hole. Well, you know, things are kind of fucked up these days and people's getting shot everywhere. We, we just decided to go home and it's not a story. So speaking of going home in other news, they're talking about doing a new Osborne spinoff called Home to Roost, right? Fuck me. No. (laughs) So I guess they're going to document the move back to England. You know, I didn't read a whole lot about it, Dan, to be honest with you. Did you? No, this is the actual bigger story to me because it fucking pisses me off. I am extremely anti Aussie doing reality television. I'll be honest, guys. I didn't even watch all of the Osborne series. I watched the first season and dropped out. It was embarrassing to me. So embarrassing. I was embarrassed telling people back in the day that I was an Aussie fan. You guys can hate me for that all you want, but it's just the reality. I hated the way they made Aussie look on that show, and I don't want to see it again. I will not watch it. I'll just be honest. Yeah. I mean, he's just, we've seen him recently. I mean, you saw Ozzy last month, and he physically looks okay, but when he gets up and moves around, there's a, a definite issue still. And I just don't know what they're going to portray with that. I mean, I, I just don't know what they think people really want to see with him walking around like that. You know, him walking around st- stutter stepping because he's fucked up on drugs is one thing, but doing it because your health is poor is a totally another. And I, I just don't know, man. I'm not crazy about the idea either. If you want to do a documentary, why don't we do a 10 episode show on the making and writing of patient number nine to correspond with the release of the record i'd fucking tune into that every fucking episode but no we cannot have a fucking show about ozzy writing and recording his own record which makes the most sense for a musician yeah i get it man i get it and i don't know what kind of money's getting thrown at him for this or i i don't know i don't know and kelly and jack's involved also and kelly's will literally be having a baby right at that time and they both still live in america so i don't really know how they're going to play it in it's weird to me like Dan, I'm not very interested in it. I love Ozzy, love all things Ozzy, but same time, it's wrong time, wrong place. I just don't understand why they need this at this point in their life. The only positive is it sounds like it's a limited series that moved back to England. So hopefully it's just a one and done and it's fucking, it's probably not even recorded yet, unfortunately. But I would have to say, let's just hope it's a quick one. It's over. You know, I didn't even watch World Detour. I don't watch the fucking science fiction show they do. They do. I don't even know the name of it. Uh, well, Ozzy and Jack Believe or some bullshit. Um, 
I, I just don't want to believe. Yeah, Osborne's want to believe. I, I don't. None of the reality television shit I enjoy and like to see my musical hero looking like a buffoon. I just don't like it, and it makes listeners me tell Dan he needs to watch World Detour. It's fucking great. It does not make Ozzy look like a buffoon. He's actually extremely, actually showcases his intelligence because they go to national monuments and he, you know, he's a war buff. He's a history buff. And yeah. he kind of, he flexes his muscle on this show actually about his history knowledge. So actually it's kind of the opposite of that. Really. I think you would enjoy it if you just make yourself yeah. watch it, but I do understand <laughs> the narrative is always, you know, Ozzy looking like an idiot. Yeah. The Osborne's just left such a bad taste in my mouth, yeah. man. And, I, and I think it turned off a lot of fans and I think someday we should do an episode about it. I just talked about this with my wife. It's kind of funny. I think there are three major issues in Ozzy's career that really have led to what I'm going to call the downfall of Ozzy being the godfather of heavy metal to the most majority of metal fans. Three of them. That Osborne's is one of them. Interesting. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do that. That would be very good. But I do think World Detour did try to do the opposite of what the Osborne's did and show his knowledge and show that he's not a fucking idiot. You know, because he, he does definitely speak and they show it you know, week in, week out when it was on that when they would get to these places, he had a knowledge of it before he got there, you know, and that's kind of cool. So, so before we get to the track, the last thing I do want to comment on is I did find out that there is a clip and I, and Josh has played it for me before. Cause I did not watch the Osbournes of a song that sounds like God only knows. He says it in the lyrics off the Osborne show. And we can confirm that is not God only knows off of the new record. They're two completely different songs. So add that Osborne song, which is fucking great, by the way, to mm -hmm. the list of unreleased Ozzy songs. It is not on this record. Yep. Yeah, the song on the Osbournes, God only knows how much I love you. Yeah, it's but great, then, though. But then the chorus was, I don't want to be the one that says goodbye. Yeah. Which was, you know, and that is not what God only knows uh, sounds like. So nope. it is yet. a ballad. They are both ballads. It's all they have yeah. in common. But now, is that another song that me and Dan want to fucking hear one day? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah why? That's another one that's, that's unreleased. We have yeah. to do an unreleased episode because there's so much out there, guys. Can't it's, wait. it's exciting. All right, so that brings us to the new song that dropped today. Super, super exciting that this song dropped out of nowhere. I mean, I'm just sitting there playing tiddlywinks with my dick on the couch, and we get this message on the Diary of the Mad Men uh, Instagram page, and, uh, and it's like, fucking, hey, new Aussie. So here we sit, Dan. Tell me, man, you've had a few listens in now. It's been a few hours. We've actually listened to this one quite a bit. We did our degradation rules episode after only like two listens or something. This one we've yeah. had, we both said we've burned it the fuck up this morning. Yeah. And I know I definitely have over and over. What are your initial thoughts of Nothing Feels Right? And uh, this track is written by Ozzy Osbourne, Andrew Watt, Ali Tamposi, Chad Smith, and Chris Chaney. So we're assuming that's who plays on it also, Dan. Would you not assume the same thing? 100%. So you have Chris Chaney from Jane's Addiction on bass. From what we understand at the listening party, he is only on one track. So this would be his track. Yeah. And Ali Tamposi as the lyricist, man, I just think she's a fucking knockout. We'll get to this the, the lyrics later, but she is so fucking good. I'm at the point now when I see her name on one, I get very excited. These lyrics are just a tad bit better than Degradation Rules, right? Just a touch. <laughs> Which exactly. was written by Ozzy and yeah. Andrew Watts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think, I think Degradation Rules is all Ozzy, man. Oh, I really I, do. Yeah, I think lyrically. he made it. Yeah, he's all over that one for sure. So, uh, Dan, tell me, man, the world wants to know what were your initial thoughts when you finally got to your phone and finally got to hear for the second time, Nothing Feels Right. 
I fucking love this song. So here's the funny thing, guys. When Josh and I were at the listening party, we both marked this as one of the three least memorable songs off the record. And let me tell you, it's not the case anymore after hearing it 15 fucking times, but that's the sort of stuff that happens when you hear an album once. But that just goes to show you, and we are not exaggerating, how great this record is. It is fucking spectacular. And I will tell you, Nothing Feels Right is everything I love in an Aussie song. To me, this is one of those ones that has that see you on the other side, goes behind my eyes, osmosis vibe, which is it's kind of got a ballady vibe at times, but it's not a ballad. It's much heavier than that. And Zach fucking wild goes off on this one, man. What do you think? Agree totally with everything you just said. Ghost Behind My Eyes is actually the track I kind of compare it to a little bit also. I remember leaving SiriusXM Studios, and that night, I mean, you just kept talking about the fucking record. I mean, we just kept on and kept on, right? And we both agreed that this was one of the tracks that really, we didn't remember a whole lot about it. Dude, I remember specifically, you and I had a conversation, and I go, I think the least memorable one is the one between Mr. Darkness and Evil Shuffle. I can't remember the name of it. And you're like, oh, yeah, let me look. And you're like, oh, yeah, nothing feels right. And I was like, yeah, that one. It just didn't stick with me. The thing I remember the most about it was, in my notes, I wrote that it sounded angelic. And then during the Sirius XM listening party, Billy Morrison said it sounds angelic. And then you were like, oh, that's something I wrote. You know, it's kind of interesting that we both used that word. I remembered that more than the actual track <laughs> that we both used. Right. So I, in my notes, I did write down Zach Wilde's guitar solo and tone A+. And yeah. now that we've all heard the track, you can hear that. Zach's fucking great. We'll get to that later for sure. But yeah, it just wasn't one of the songs that stood out. And that's not a knock on the song. It's like, as Dan said, complimenting how good the album was because we felt like there were other songs that were better but man this song after hearing it back today and listening to it 10 12 15 times fuck me running man this is so fucking good and like you said it's what you want out of an aussie track especially an aussie track at this stage in his career it's just so fucking good i I don't see anyone could hate on this one yeah i agree everything is great about it from the instrumentation the guitar solo the melodies are great there's so much Beatles stuff going on those ahs in the background of the pre-chorus are fucking beautiful and that guitar solo was great ozzy sounds amazing yeah i'm sure they're going to talk about auto-tune fuck off everybody uses it but i think ozzy sounds not very auto-tuned here i think he sounds awesome it's a really really great compelling track and i'll tell you lyrically it is heavy i think this is one of the fucking heaviest songs of ozzy's career lyrically dan I want to really dissect the lyrics. Do you care to read the lyrics to the listeners? Because yeah. everyone doesn't always have access to this stuff. And then we will kind of dissect those maybe as we go along. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I think it's great. So here's the first verse. Count the seconds. Catch my breath. Feelings come and go again. Count my blessings. Hope they hear me too. Trapped inside the spider web. Scared of life and scared of death. Trapped inside these walls. I built of doom. Whew man alive like we're instantly hitting with some fucking lyrics that just absolutely fucking butter my bread (laughs) so the line that sticks out for me right there instantly is trapped inside the spider web scared of life and scared of death yeah i mean fuck i got chill bumps reading that back like that is so fucking good so good. And, you know, we read the articles just this week where Ozzy said there was times that he wished he would just die in his sleep because he was in so much pain. Right. And right. like you think about moments like that and just your depression and, you know, you, you don't really want to fucking go on, but you don't really want to stop either. You know, it's like, what the fuck are you supposed to do? That line hits so fucking hard. What a fucking gorgeous, gorgeous set of lyrics right there. 
Yep, that's my line too, man. Scared of life and scared of death. Holy shit. And the pre-chorus is, won't you let me, won't you let me through? Don't regret me even when I do. So that is my favorite lyric of the song because I'm going to open up a little bit here. I've struggled my whole life with self-doubt, not necessarily depression, but definitely self-doubt. It's something I struggle with every day in my life. And don't regret me even when I do is just something I would tell my wife. I mean, that is fucking, that one really hits home. I mean, how fucking hard does that hit, dude? That fucking hits. I'm going to say that hits more people than it doesn't hit. You know what I mean? That is fucking heavy. Yeah, that one's tough. Oof. All right, then the chorus. I've been calling out for someone, mouth around the gun. Nothing feels right. Nothing feels right. All the pain gets trapped in my lungs, drowning in my blood. Nothing feels right. Nothing feels right. Whew. God damn. Like, <laughs> I've been calling out for someone, mouth around the gun, is my favorite lyric of the whole song. Yeah. That is just so fucking beautiful and ugly. You know, and not beautiful in a way of like, you know, that's a beautiful scenario, but that's such art. Those lyrics are so fucking good, man. And like, no doubt, this is more Ali Temposi than Ozzy lyrically. I don't think Dan or I would even try to deny that. But no doubt, this is Ozzy's feelings because he's definitely made a career out of self-doubt, depression being a thing for him that he just never felt worthy. And this song is going to hit for so many people when they actually read the lyrics. I, I just, I'm in awe of the poetry of this song. It's, I fucking love it. It's beautiful. Yeah, I agree. It is breathtaking. So the tag at the end of the chorus is, is it a lost fight? Or is it a long drive home? Long drive home. So to me, the protagonist of the story is determining, am I too far gone and I'm going to eat the gun? Or is it just going to be a long drive home and I'm going to, you know. Keep fighting. Yeah, keep fighting. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. The long drive home is to keep fighting, right? Fucking amazing. Yes. Now we got uh, verse two. Lost what I've been dreaming of. One eye open, one eye shut. Lost the only ones I'll ever love. Yeah. My reflection beats me up, smiling as I take the punch. My reflection is my favorite drug. Yeah. First of all, that's a great because it kind of changes it up a little bit. My reflection beats me up. My reflection is my favorite drug. I love that play on words there. Yeah, absolutely. And smiling as I take the punch, meaning I'm down and out. But I'm still smiling. You know, yeah. no one sees anything but my smile. It's just so fucking clever and so good, man. This this whole song lyrically is just fucking gorgeous. Yeah, and that's pretty much the lyrics. Um, the one thing I will add is I do like how they tag that tag after the chorus is half of time through the first time. And then the second time through it says, Is it a lost fight? Out on the front line, which sounds like an Aussie lyric. Will I watch the sunrise? as I take the long drive home, which is cool that they add to that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I see the sunrise. Will things get better, right? Yeah. As, yeah. as I take the long drive home, as, as I'm going through this, will it get better? And I start to see the sunrise again, fucking gorgeous lyrics. So the first thing Dan and I really wanted to discuss was how beautiful these lyrics are in this song and that they really are way above and beyond degradation rules. Yeah. <laughs> like Dan said, a second ago. <laughs> I mean, I think the lyrics on page number nine are great too, but they don't have the same personal, vibes as this one does i think like josh said earlier i think everybody's going to be able to kind of relate to this one for sure a whole lot of people want to relate to it 
So moving on from the lyrics, the next thing that really catches my attention, I'm going to see what Dan's thoughts are, is Zach Wilde's fucking guitar solo. Dan, does Zach not fucking tear a new asshole on this one or what? Yeah, I mean, holy shit. And what I love about this solo, too, is he is classic Zach here where he is blending between melodic and playing a lot of melody with yes. the, the shred and play as fast as he can. Because I love when he does it together because, you know, it makes it exciting. And there's parts where there's like, holy shit, he's going crazy. And then my favorite bits are when he's like holding out the notes and doing those bends and just playing yeah. those little melodic lines. Yeah, I made the comment to Dan and Ryan earlier in our group chat. So I would rather hear Zach bend a note than shred any day of the week. Yeah, there's a something about when he plays that way. There's an emotion to it. I don't recall if we said this on our episode where we reviewed the whole album as a whole after our listening party fiasco. But me and Dan both agreed the night after we heard the album that Zach Wilde stole the show as far as the guitar playing goes. You got names on here like Jeff Beck and you got names like Eric Clapton. Tony Iommi. McCready, Tony Iommi. But ultimately, once we heard the album, we both agreed Zach steals the show. Yeah, so I when, totally agree. Yeah. When you guys hear the record, you'll hear it's not just this track. Like what you're hearing from Zach here is Zach on the fucking record, on the tracks he's featured where he plays guitar solos. He is so fucking good. But man, his solo one here is exactly what I want from him. There's tons of emotion in his playing. Like Dan just said, tons of shred. He doesn't forget that he can shred, but he right. relies more on the emotion of the bins and the fucking notes and serving the song. Zach is fucking stellar on this track. I will say there's something about Zach and Ozzy playing together that just sounds like home. And I don't know if I can even put it into words, but they are just perfect together. And I think this album just sounds more like Ozzy than Ordinary Man. And that's because Zach is on it. Yeah, no question. They've been playing together on and off for 30 years now, right? And yeah. Zach is Ozzy's guitar player. I mean, when you picture, you know, in your mind, you, you see Zach Wilde right there. And me and you had kind of joked before that we liked the idea of other people writing with Ozzy, but Zach playing because there's something about the sound of Zach Wilde with him just works. And Zach's solos are just fucking perfect. And I've always felt like for Ozzy songs, Zach takes more time to write better solos than he does for Black Label. For Black Label, it seems like he just kind of shreds them and, and moves on sometimes. Whereas with Ozzy, he knows this has got to be perfect and it's got to be just right. And his soloing on this track is just fucking beautiful. Yeah, I agree. He adds so much to the songs. So let me also really brag about Chris Chaney. I think the first thing that stood out to me, to be honest, was the bass playing. He does that very McCartney-esque line in the verses, and I think it is fucking brilliant. It is not over the top, not very difficult, but fuck, does it fit the song? Yeah. So yeah, hats off to Chris Chaney for really playing a perfect, perfect song. I'm excited that he has a songwriting credit. Not that I'm a big Jane's Addiction fan by any stretch of the imagination. I like there's some of their hits, but I just like that Andrew Watt is really doing a wonderful job of writing another Ozzy record. Much better than Ordinary Man. As much as Josh and I love Ordinary Man, we've been on record to say it's his best album since Osmosis. This album is that much better. And I think Andrew Watt just really got it right. I'm going to say this. This is what I've been dying to say. There's been three tracks released so far. Patient number nine, Jeff Beck shredding all over. Degradation rules. Tony Iommi has a wicked, great guitar solo. And now nothing feels right. Zach Wilde blows your head off with one of the greatest guitar solos of his career. If you guys don't believe Josh and I, when we tell you Andrew Watt has purposely made this record a fucking home run with guitar solos because that was the knock on ordinary man then your eyes aren't open yet but three songs in on the record for singles all three are stellar and different guitar solos and andrew watt hit a home run with his vision 
Andrew Watt has enough balls about him to step back when he needs to step back. Ordinary Man was a great record. Dan and I love it, as Dan just said. But the one knock from a lot of fans was, I'm not sure about the producer dude playing guitar. I liked his playing. Dan liked his playing. But he knew if if we want to go to the next level, let's bring in some real heavy fucking hitters on these guitar solos. And man, they've knocked it out of the park. And just getting Zach back is fucking amazing. And Zach takes it to a complete other, other level, man. And like for myself, when I went into the listening party, I'm thinking, you know, Iomi, Jeff Beck. And when we walked out, it was like, no, Zach stole the show. Like I said, man, and Dan agrees. Like, yeah, Zach stole the show with the playing on this album. He's fucking amazing. It's almost like he had a point to prove. You agree with that, Dan? Yeah, a hundred percent. And one of the memories I'll take with me to the day I die is Andrew just basically going crazy every time they played a Zach solo in the listening party and just watching Andrew air guitar to Zach's playing. And most importantly, watching Zach listen back to his guitar solos, because you could just see that side of the facade of the joking Zach was off. And he was really listening because he probably recorded it two years ago and he was really listening to like, let me listen to what I fucking played here. And you could just see it on his face. Like I just remember Josh and I watching Zach during the playbacks and it was very special. Yes, and like you said, watching Andrew because Andrew oh, yeah. knows how fucking good it was too, for sure. Like he's and like, Andrew's uh, heard it a thousand times, yeah. a million times, mixing it. Yes, and Andrew yeah. kept saying, "You gotta play that solo back. You gotta play the solo back." Like, listen to this, sir. It's so fucking good. Listen to Zach right here, man. Just so tasteful. And right when you think it's over, he adds this other note. You know, it's so, so fucking good. So there isn't a bridge, bridge with vocals, but that riff going into the guitar solo, I fucking love. It heavies it up, and it's just so catchy. And again, we got a riff on an Aussie song. Hey, hallelujah. How Black Label also, right? It's got a Black Label vibe for sure. Great point. Let's go off on that a little bit, Josh. Do we think Zach is playing the rhythms here with Andrew? I think he's in on them, yes. Yeah. You know, I was listening very closely, and one is panned left and one is panned right. And just like I record, and it's a very common recording technique, when you do heavy guitars, you pan them left and right. I'm wondering if Zach is in one and Andrew's in one. Could be. Could be. And I tend when I hear the clean, I tend to think that's Andrew. Definitely you know, with the Stratocaster or whatever, you know, how he tends to, you know, so I, that's kind of where I always go. Then, then once it kind of comes in with the heavier vibe, that's when I always start to look at Zach. Definitely Zach on the rhythm solo. That's fucking black label all fucking day. Stronger than death sounding fucking just. Yeah. I, it's fucking great, man. This, this track is hitting fucking just right. Degradation yeah. rules took a while, right? Like I, yeah. I was on a record. It's like, I don't know how I really feel about it again. And Josh and I talk about this a lot. And please don't take this as a slight on degradation rules. But I think it was the worst track on the record. And I'm shocked it was single too. I think it's a great song. And I think Tony is killer on it. It's a great riff. Josh and I coincidentally both learned it on guitar this week just separately. And it's like, oh, it's so fucking fun and easy to play. And it is. But that's how it should be. And I think Tony is stellar on it. But it's such a strong record that even a song as good as degradation rules is towards the bottom. When we left. SXM that day and we were chatting again about it all night like I keep mentioning Dan looked at me he said dude he said do you think Degradation Rules might be the worst track on the album and I was like fuck hadn't really thought about it and I was like it's at least bottom quarter he's like definitely and I was like golly he goes that's just how good the fucking record is though I'm like yeah for sure like this is how good the fucking album is as a whole like Degradation Rules is one of the worst tracks on the album but I fucking love it and I know Dan loves it and if you're listening you probably love it but the album is fucking stellar. Like we cannot wait for you guys to hear the whole fucking thing. So yeah, overall this song is an A plus. I love Ozzy at this stage in his career doing the mellow to heavy. I, I loved it his whole career. I actually think this is where he's at his best because it gets heavy, but it doesn't get overly heavy. And you could just hear the passion again. Beetle melodies all over the place. That nothing feels right chorus again. Very revolver melody wise. Yep. I think Ozzy's melodies 
are off the charts fantastic throughout this whole record. I love that he's pushing himself. Like, I think Ordinary Man is a little bit more cookie cutter where, all right, Ozzy, you sang the chorus once, we're going to cut and paste the rest of the track, which is very common in today's music. We all do it. Every musician does it. But here, after the solo, so Ozzy says that line, mouth around the gun, but he takes it up an octave. And again, so... You know, they're making it much more exciting. That ending where he says nothing feels right about 10 times. I love that he's playing with the nuances of how he's singing the long. Sometimes he's taking it up. Sometimes he's taking it down. Just makes for a very exciting track. And again, is showing a range of a guy that's going to be 74 years old. Exactly. And it was so exciting. I was probably on my second listen when I noticed it's kind of, I was like, Something changed there. Then third listen, I listened a little closer, and I was like, fuck, he changes the octave of his vocal. The key doesn't change, but his octave goes yeah. up a notch, more or less the entirety of the song after that, right? So it's just like, fuck me running. Like, that's just something they didn't have to do. And you can hear Ozzy. He's struggling to get it. He's pushing it, right? He's, he's kind of thin now. He's, uh, but dude, it sounds so fucking cool. And like you said, just to push it one more step further, I mean, what a fucking great call, dude. What a great call. This song, and this is a radio-friendly track too that really i could see radio really picking up on i agree i don't know how much the metal heads are gonna like it but i don't think they're gonna like much at all at this point i don't know man zach's fucking shredding on that and that fucking bridge maybe yeah you know yeah and the, I, content, is, the lyrics right are, are very yeah. heavy yeah great point i mean there's nothing not to love about this song i mean i think it's right up there with patient number nine and for me and josh patient number nine has become an all-time aussie classic in the yeah. two months it's been out it's fucking brilliant I love patient number nine and yeah. and I think nothing feels right is right up there already. I've listened to it 15, 20 times already in a couple of hours and I'm, it's not getting old. I find something nope. new every time I hear it. It yep. is fucking stellar, <laughs> stellar. This album is just so much deeper than ordinary man. Again, we talk about the top tracks of ordinary man, the song, ordinary man under the graveyard, holy for tonight, scary little green men, all classics, but this album is just way deeper. Well, to piggyback what Dan just said, we left SXM Studios after hearing the album, and this was one of the tracks we kind of forgot. Yeah. And now you hear us jacking off all over it. It's fucking excellent. That's how solid the album is as a whole, that this one was kind of a forgettable one when we heard the album as a whole. I mean, what the fuck? Because I'm hearing it now. I'm going, dude, this song is fucking great. Like, yeah. we only heard one of those days once. But in my recollection of hearing that song, I like this much better than one of those days. One of those days for me was okay. It's going to be a great song, but I don't recall that I was crazy about it either. Oh, bullshit. Look at your notes. I'm going to call you out right now. Look at them. What does your note say on one of let, those let days? Let me go get them. Hold yeah, on let me go second. get them. I'm going to oh. call you out. All right, go ahead. Is that the one where I said I legit cried? Yeah. I, no, I, no, I think you you actually said I legit. I'm jacking off. I oh. think you said. Yeah. Let me go get them. Let's see. All right. I kept my notes inside of my I Am Aussie book. Smart. So my notes for one of those days says, it's right in the crease, of course. Slow intro, poppy chorus, one of those days I don't believe in Jesus, jacking off. <laughs> <laughs> I remember your notes better than you Classic, classic Clapton wall wall. I don't believe in Je don't believe in Jesus. No, no, don't believe in Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. let's be honest. Okay. In the studio while we were there listening, one of those days was more memorable than nothing feels right. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I don't know if one of those days is going to hit us like this has. I agree with you. But in the moment, also. in the moment, one of those days we liked better than I just remember thinking the end of one of those days has got that same vibe as the end of See You on the Other Side, where he kind of has that little outro. And to me, I was just like, fuck, this is amazing. Yeah, so, I remember I wanted one of those days to kind of carry on also like uh, Ordinary Man did with a little extension 
piece like a, and it didn't do that i remember being a little disappointed by that but like uh you're right hearing it in the studio one of those days definitely stood out way more but we also were expecting it to be a single so we probably paid a little more i won't say we paid a little more attention we definitely bought on to all of them but we expected that one to be one of the better tracks for sure but now this song right here man it's hard for me to imagine this isn't going to be one of my favorite tracks from the album so i will say this i want to go over two things before we wrap it up one nothing feels right is much more what the rest of the album's vibe is like. Like to me, this sounds like a patient number nine track more than degradation rules and patient number nine. Like, I just feel like this song, the melodies, the heavy guitar solo that Zach puts on it. This feels like the record that we heard. So if you love this one, you're going to love the record. There are heavier moments, of course. And then there's like no escape from now, which is very, very 13 vibe ish. But overall, you got the heavier version of the record and this song, but this one feels more like the record where patient number nine, the song doesn't really feel like the rest of the record to me. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do actually. I, you, what you're trying to say in different words is like Mr. Darkness and the evil shuffle. Those tracks sound like this song more. Yeah. Like yeah. One of those days. Yeah. God only knows all of those. That, that It's definitely, this is the vibe of the record. Yeah. If you like this one, you're going to love the fucking record. Dead yeah. and gone. They all have this kind of yes. vibe to them. Right. 100%. Good, great point, Dan. Agreed totally. So the other thing I want to talk about, and this is Josh and I's favorite topic to talk with each other on, are, let's just get it out here. The three Listen. choices for the singles. We have patient number nine, degradation <laughs> rules. Man, I made a joke and you didn't even hear. Oh, what was it? God damn it. With the joke, I couldn't like let you keep going because then it... You, uh. <laughs> Because it would have ruined your whole bit. But he said, one of jo- he's, this is mine and Josh's favorite topic to talk about. I said, pussy? <laughs> you didn't say anything. God damn it. I'm so deaf, dude. All right. That was a good one. Absolutely. So again, Josh, yes, pussy is definitely on top of the list. So let me rephrase. One of our favorite topics on the album, Patient Number 9, is track single selection. Do we think Ozzy, and you guys haven't heard the record yet, but Josh and I have. I don't think, I'm going to say this right now, that Patient Number 9 and Degradation Rules are the right tracks that the singles should have been. And I'll tell you, before I turn it over to Josh, what I feel, it should have been Immortal, Parasite, and now Nothing Feels Right. Those are the three singles I feel like the album should have had. And you guys are going to listen to the record, and I hope you agree with me, but it should have been Immortal first, Parasite second. Now, I do think Patient Number 9 is brilliant. It's a seven and a half minute song, an odd choice for a single for me personally. But I think if those three were the, the singles, this album would have been bigger. What do you think, Josh? I agree and disagree. I agree with you totally that it's probably the wrong set. I would definitely have laid with Immortal. I've been very adamant about that since we heard the album. Immortal's still the one to me that just, I cannot fucking wait to hear that track again, man. It's just so fucking good. It's just three minutes and three seconds also, which means the radio eats it up. They love that on the radio. Um, I would have done Immortal. Patient number nine, and then nothing feels right works. I'm with you. I, this one it just, it's the last one I'd have chosen after hearing the album one time, but at the same time, like it, it's just fucking working. So they didn't go wrong with me there. Patient number nine, my only complaint with it is just what you said is seven plus minutes, and then they do the edited down version, and I fucking hate that. You hear your track me on the too. radio, and you're like, fucking hey, patient number nine, and then all of a sudden the fucking pre chorus is gone. <laughs> it's like terrible. I love that part. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And no bridge. So that's kind of the bummer of patient number nine. I love it as a single. Otherwise, I just hate the, the edited version that you get, you know, on actual radio stations and on Octane and stuff. So I'm going to state here now. I think Parasite is as good as Immortal. 
I think Parasite okay. is fucking amazing. And I think I just remember those two songs being, those are the two heavy rockers that should have been the singles. Yeah. And Parasite, I recall being very heavy on the intro and then very poppy on the course, if I, if I recall correctly. And I think I did. Let me look at my notes. Yeah. I remember I had kind of a dun, 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 open. Oh, yeah, like for a, sure. The chokes yeah, yeah, and yeah. shit. Yeah. I'm telling you, I, I think Parasite's going to be a lot of fans' favorites. And if I'm not um, mistaken, didn't that compare it to Pantera on the intro? You might have. I yep. believe it did. Heavy riff, great tempo, Beatles melody, another great chorus, shit ton of riffs, super heavy bridge, a Zach Shred solo, a great breakdown, awesome lyrics. Why are you haunting me every night like a parasite? Taylor Hawkins yeah, plays on it. Yeah. So yeah. Good. And I hate to say it, you don't want to like do the Taylor Hawkins things because he passed, but at the same time, fans would eat that up, right? Everybody wants to kind of, everyone's talking Taylor right now. Like that would have been a great way to kind of do a little homage to him also to have him be on one of the tracks that's been released early. Great point. I don't know why they didn't do it, but I'm telling you, Immortal and Parasite are two Aussie singles that should have been out there. Thank God we don't have a nightmare situation where it didn't even make the fucking record. And that was the best song from Black Rain. So at least everything made the record. Again, I'm not happy with Dark Side Blues. I'll probably say that for the rest of my life. The Japanese version that was released under Ordinary Man is better than the mess that's on patient number nine. But take that track off. You have 12 stellar tracks. Agreed totally, man. So excited. This album release week. By the time you guys hear this, it's like a day or two away probably, right? So fucking exciting. And listen, we bought the album seven times. Josh has bought it five times. Four or five, yeah. Yeah, and I bought it seven. So here's the truth. I'm going to be fucking pissed if I don't have a copy in my hand on opening day. And I don't feel like I'm going to. I mean, I bought one from Target. I bought one from Walmart. I bought one from Amazon. I bought one from Ozzy Direct. One of these fucking places better have a copy in my hands on album release day. Because I'll probably wind up having to go to my local record store to support them and buy another copy. For me, if you go to an artist's website and you pre-order, you should be guaranteed to get it at least one day early. At least. I got it like three days early when I bought Down to Earth. Me too. Yes. Yes. I remember tracking it like a motherfucker. I was at work and I got a message. Down to Earth was delivered. And I was like, I'm going home. (laughs) I was at college, which was local. And I come home and it was in the mail and I was like, fucking a dance all the way into my bedroom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put it on, you know? So Dan, before we sign off, is there anything else you want to say about nothing feels right? I'm just super happy with the track. And if the rest of the record grows on us, like this one did, we have a special album on our hands, everybody. For sure. This is going to be maybe his best since the eighties. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe I, I just said I, that. It's crazy, right? Yeah. It's crazy, but I mean, it's just hitting right. Uh, so I'm going to be in New York for album release, which actually has me bummed out. You think I'd be excited about that, but I want to be at home on my fucking couch, just fucking listening to this record over and over. So I'm going to be out of pocket a little bit, but we will try to keep you guys abreast of any new news that comes out. Of course, you know, once Ozzy plays the halftime show at the Rams, we'll try to have all that shit up online, everything we can do to promote it and push it or any news we have from it. We're going to try and keep on top of it. And any songs that come out, maybe in the meantime, they still may do one more before album release. Who knows? Maybe Thursday they'll release one of those days. Yeah, I think the video is coming out on Thursday. That's my gut feeling. Let's hope. That'd be fucking excellent. Well, they did that last time. You had to remind me that they released It's a Raid a day before Ordinary Man came out. Yeah. Yeah. And then they did a little teaser video for Scary Little Green Man, which was weird. They never I did still love it. On. I just wish yeah. it was the whole video. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That should have been so, a single, by the way. 110%. Yeah. All right, guys. So, Dan, anything else before we go? Yeah. Listeners, let us know what you think. The album might drop before release. So, if that does happen, shoot us a message. You know, again, we'll say it on here over and over again. 
we have bought the record over and over again doesn't mean that we don't want to hear it early. So exactly. ag again, let us know what you think. We cannot wait for everybody to hear this record. And we are going to cut an episode for every song. We've already talked about that. So we want to do at least one episode, maybe 30, 20, 30 minutes of each song to kind of just give you our thoughts on each track. So sounds good. But guys, it's fucking party week. Let's fucking get it going, man. And until next time, we will see you all on the other side. <laughs> Now, nothing, nothing feels, feels right. right. John, I don't Say understand. Say it again. <laughs> uh, what the fuck is the song called? Nothing feels right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, God damn it. That one of those days. What are your initial thoughts of? Nothing <laughs> feels right is amazing, man. Let me let me, let me say. It. Did you forget uh, the title too? Yeah, I forgot it too, so I didn't say it. I, <laughs> God damn it! That's why I didn't That's say the title. A... I just was looking <laughs> on my phone. If you notice, I didn't say the title. I did notice, <laughs> and you forgot it earlier too. I did.